Praise the name of Jesus. You who are at home, are you well? If you are well, please just uh, wave a hand like this uh, in the social uh, media gadgets. Uh, send us a wave. Uh, send us greetings. Um, you who are out there, we have missed you tremendously. It's a great opportunity for me uh, to stand here. Though I can't see you, I know that you are out there. And it's a wonderful privilege uh, for us to come and to start this that uh, even as uh, Miriam has just shared with us is a new series. It's a new series that is going to be talking about the kingdom of God. And we're going to be doing it for the next five weeks. I want to t assure you that this is going to be uh, one of those life-changing series. You want to be, particip to, to, to be participant, as is the norm in our church. Uh, I wonder how many there are expectant. Is your neighbor expectant? Is your uh, spouse expectant? Are your children expectant? Those ones who are there, anybody expectant in the house where you're sitting? Oh, yeah. If there's anyone who's expectant, say hallelujah. And please just sit as an expectant person sits. Take that posture of the expectant. Because until and unless you are expecting of God, you may not find anything. But he who expects will find. And today I want to declare that again, we are in that season where we're unfolding the word of God. And I love this verse that talks about the unfolding. When, whenever we unfold the word of the Lord, light comes in. And not only does light come in, but the simple are made wise. I tell you that light is going to come in today into your lives. As we share in this that God is going to be giving unto us. Revelation is going to be yours. And wisdom is your portion. Having been through the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews blessed me as we shared many a thing. We shared how uh, Jesus is better. Better than anything that has been, better than anything that is, better than anything that will come. Jesus is greater. Jesus is higher. Jesus is superior. And the book of Hebrews had told us that we need not fall away because of difficulties that we face in the world. Oh, we need not fall away because of the discipline that God our Father gives unto us. And we know that discipline is a must for anyone who is loved. In this season... Of COVID, we know that there are difficulties. We also know that there indeed is the discipline of God that is coming again. But really, we have not come to a mountain that can be touched. We have not come ah, to a mountain that is burning with fire. We have not come to darkness. We have not come to gloom. We have not come to a storm or even to a loud trumpet blast. But indeed, we have come to Mount Zion. Ah, we have come to the heavenly Jerusalem. We have come as we sang, reign, Jesus reign. King of Zion. He is the king of Zion. And we have come to him. And we have come to hear about this that Jesus is. We have come to Jesus, who is the mediator of a better covenant. We have come to this king. And we have come to the kingdom of God. If there was a question that I could ask of you. What do you think the ministry of Jesus was really uh, focused on? What was the one thing that you would say the ministry of Jesus was about? Looking through all that Jesus did, 
When you look at the, 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 the Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels, the book of John, you look at all the scriptures that have quoted you, what do you think is the thing that moved the heart of Jesus? I want to bring to your attention what I feel it is. And it is this, the kingdom of God. It is the kingdom of God. If we look from our books in Mark, Mark, the gospel according to Mark chapter number 1, we are going to be going through a number of, of, of scriptures. And I want to show to you that indeed what I am telling you, that this is the thing that was the crux of the matter. This was a, the passion of Jesus' heart and of Jesus' ministry when he was here in the world. This that is called the kingdom of God. Mark chapter 1 verse 14 and 15. It says this. Now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Listen, this message of the, of the kingdom of God is actually good news. It is the gospel. The Bible calls it the gospel of the kingdom of God. And saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. This was uh, the writer of Mark coming to tell us uh, almost what would be the summary of the ministry of Jesus. What would be the ideal, the thing that drove the ministry of Jesus. What was it? He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And he had come to a place where the, he, he was saying that time is now fulfilled. Because there had been prophecies from time ago. That would say that there will come a time when the kingdom of God will come. And yet, Jesus now comes and he begins to say the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. And that now we need to repent and believe the kingdom. My message today is titled the kingdom of God now and not yet. There's a tension there. The kingdom of God is now. And again, it is not yet. Listen, Jesus went around. The Bible tells me in Mark, Matthew chapter number 4 and verse 17. From this time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Everywhere that he was going, he began to tell people, Repent. Why? Because the kingdom of God was at hand. Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 23. Again, Jesus was going throughout all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. What was he proclaiming? The gospel of the kingdom. And healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. This is what Jesus was doing. We see it in the book of the writer according to Mark. Uh, the, well, Mark wrote it. Uh, Matthew wrote it. All of these peoples are pointing at what the ministry of Jesus was. And he was talking, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. There is something tremendous about the gospel of the kingdom that perhaps many churches have lost, that perhaps much preaching has, 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 has not surrounded. We have been surrounded by preachings about many other things beyond this that Jesus was talking about. Him, everywhere that he went, he went talking about this that is a gospel of the kingdom of God. He continuously announced and proclaimed it that it has come. And he told his disciples the very same thing. 
Everywhere that he, he was going, he was doing the same thing. When he talked to his disciples, he told his disciples the same thing. If you look at Matthew chapter number 10, Matthew 10 verse 6 to 7, he said as he was sending out the disciples to go out and minister, he says, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach. When what, what are you preaching? Saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When Jesus himself was in India, he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. When he, was, he sent his disciples out, he told them, go out and preach the gospel of the kingdom, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Many of the parables that we read in the scriptures, Jesus was speaking about the kingdom, life in the kingdom. The kingdom of God is like a pearl of much value. Uh, somebody found it and went and sold everything. The kingdom of God is like a field that had a treasure buried. Somebody found it and went and sold everything and went and purchased the field. The kingdom of God are the things that Jesus was talking about. And it is imperative that we go back and we begin to analyze what is this that is being talked about? What is this that is the gospel of the kingdom? Because it is very important to God. If it is very important to God, it ought to be very important to us. It ought to be the thing that causes us to be, to, 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 well, we need to be thinking about, we need to be operating, we need to be preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus in, in, in Acts uh, chapter number one, uh, it amazes me that uh, after he had died and, and had risen, again, the Bible tells me that he appeared to his disciples. He appeared to his disciples over a period of 40 days. And in those period, in those, in that period of 40 days, he was telling them some things. If I read from Acts chapter number 1, verse number 1, it says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. This is uh, Luke has, these are stories of Luke and, and what, Luke, what, what, what Luke had recorded of Jesus up until the day he was taken to heaven. Uh, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After, this, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Jesus, after he died, he gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. But the next verse there says, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. In those periods of 40 days after he had risen, this was a thing that filled him, that he was speaking to them, he was teaching them, he was guiding them, he was instructing them, he was showing them about the kingdom of God. He was not telling them about other things. He was telling them about the kingdom of God. Brethren, if there is any time that you want to hear somebody, it is when they are about to depart, when they are about to leave you. The famous, they are called famous last words. In fact, when anybody dies, everybody is saying, what is it that they said last? What did they tell us? Because there is something about death. And there's something about that separation that brings about men to begin to value things that are important. 
as opposed to things that have a violence eternally. And you find that Jesus is about to depart. He was with them 40 days. After 40 days, then he was going to the Father. And as he's going to the Father, he leaves them with these things. And he's telling them, he taught and he spoke about the kingdom of God. My friends, this kingdom is an important thing that you and I have better pay much attention to. What are we saying when we talk about the kingdom of God? I want to suggest to you that the kingdom is more than a realm. It is more than a place. It is more than a realm. Because we have understood kingdom. Some of us were in a kingdom, so to speak, the United Kingdom. We were colonized by the United Kingdom. We have been subjects to the queen and to prior kings. Well, if, if at all they were, but it was mainly the queen. We have been subject to the queen. We know of the United Kingdom. And when we talk about the United Kingdom, it is a place. It is a realm. It is a thing that we know it is there. And you can point some geographical place where the United Kingdom is. I was just doing some, some, some research and found that there are several kingdoms. The kingdom of Saudi Arabia is present. And there is a king there. In fact, in these places that we like to go on holiday. These ones that are called the United Arab Emirates. The, an emirate is, is like a kingdom. It's another word for kingdom. And there are kingdoms and there, and there are emirs who are in charge of those places. In those places, there is no democracy. No wonder you go to Dubai, you find there's no democracy. You do what the emir has determined. If you do anything opposed to that, you will find yourself landing in jail. There are kingdoms in this place. But the kingdom that Jesus is talking about, I tell you, is more than a geographical place. It is more than a realm. Jesus himself uh, uh, tells us uh, in Luke chapter number 17, verse 20 and 21. He says, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is. Or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. It's in your midst. The kingdom of God is not necessarily a realm. It is more than a realm. The kingdom of God, I know that as we talk about it, it is not heaven. Because there are many who are imagining that what we're talking about is heaven. And there are many songs that we sing about going to heaven. And we think that that is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not heaven. It isn't. The kingdom of God neither is the church. The church is not the kingdom of God. There is something more about that, this that is called the kingdom of God, that Jesus was talking about. I want to suggest to you that the kingdom of God is, about, is more about a time. It is more about a reign and who reigns. It is about time and who reigns. And this is what God is trying to bring to us. This is the, the fundamental message of Christ Jesus in the earth about who it is who reigns. Who it is who reigns. It isn't about a certain realm that we're talking about one day we'll go to heaven and find that God is... No, no, no. There is a place. There is a time. I want to tell you that this is what the kingdom of God is. It is that time when God exercises his sovereign rule or reign over the world. The kingdom of God is present at that time when God exercises his sovereign rule 
and reign over the world. It is again, I repeat, that time when God exercises his sovereign rule and reign over the world. I want to tell you that Jesus speaks of this kingdom as a future event. The not yet. Our message is now and not yet. He speaks of the kingdom as a future event. John chapter 18 and verse number 36. Jesus answered and said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm, not of this place, says God. Jesus is saying, listen, my kingdom is future. It is not of this world as it is. It is a future realm. In Revelation chapter 11 and verse number 15, a verse that I love, it says again that the seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven. And these voices saying the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. That is a future kingdom. He's saying that the time when God will exercise his sovereign rule and reign will be in the future. Will be in the future. As we look at the scriptures, we know that the Jews had known this. They had believed that uh, this, that the kingdom of God was going to be a future event. They had been looking forward throughout their lives. As they grew up, they were looking forward for that day that Messiah would come. And when that day came, uh, Messiah would introduce a new age where the old age was cast away. And where now the children of Israel would be ruling and reigning with him in glory forever and ever. And they were looking out for the Messiah. No wonder we find in John chapter 1 and verse, verse number 41 onwards. We find Andrew who was uh, following uh, a disciple of John the Baptist. And he heard John the Baptist saying, ha, behold, the Lamb of God. And as he heard John the Baptist saying this, he realized, hey, this is the Messiah. Because he was a follower of John, he knew that John was ushering in the Messiah. And as he heard John say, this is the, is, is, is the behold, the Lamb of God. Oh, he realized this must be the Messiah. And the Bible says that he began to follow Jesus. This was Andrew. And as he began to follow Jesus, the next day, he was very quick to go and call his brother, who was called Simon Peter. He went to Simon and told Simon one thing. He said, Simon, Simon, I have found the Messiah. I have found the Messiah. And Simon dropped everything that he was doing and followed. And he came with Andrew. And the story cascades in, first, in John chapter 1. You will read it onwards that there were, there were now several people who began uh, to follow Jesus their own. They began to follow him. Why? Because they had understood that a Messiah had been identified. A Messiah had been found. And they threw everything to the side. And they began to follow him. You see, they were looking through the scriptures. And they had known the scriptures. Second Samuel chapter number 7, verse 12 and 13. God had promised David that his seed would have a kingdom that would, would, would last forever. 
The seed of David would have a kingdom that would last forever. In Isaiah chapter 9, the famous one that we know, 6 and 7, Oh, a child shall be born unto us, and a, 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 a son given unto us. And his name, they said his name, will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And on his shoulders, <laughs> oh my God, his kingdom shall reign forever and forever. This is what the children of Israel knew and they understood. And they said, as soon as we see the Messiah, we will run in. And every one of them began to imagine that Jesus indeed is a Messiah. And they began to follow him. Interestingly, they realized that this was a different Messiah. This was a different man from what they had expected. They had expected a military conqueror. That he would come and the Romans who were ruling at that time would understand that, hey, there is somebody coming. And they had followed him. They had seen that he was able to do mighty things. He was able to, 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 to calm the waters. He was able to feed many thousands of people. He was able to do tre tremendous things. He was able to raise the dead. They knew for sure no army could defeat this man. And therefore they followed him. And they followed him and they got to a place where they realized, hey, when he submitted himself to death and death on the cross, they ran away because they thought, uh-uh, this is not the Messiah. This is not the Messiah. But the, Jesus was telling them, listen, my kingdom is a future kingdom. But as we read scripture, scripture is very interesting because there's always some tensions and you cannot fully explain the things of God. You cannot fully begin to elaborate these things of God. Because the kingdom is not only a future event. Jesus again says that the kingdom is a present reality. It is a present reality. As uh, Pastor Jackson was praying earlier, he shared from Matthew chapter number 11 and verse number 12. And he says that from the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And violent men take it by force. It means that the kingdom of God, from the day of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God has been suffering violence. It has suffered violence. And violent people are the ones who take it by force. The kingdom of God is actually present. It is a now requirement. It is there. It is a reality that it is present now. There is a reality of the kingdom that can be seen presently in the lives of saints. However, only a certain group of people can access this grace. And they can access it by violence. Listen, the kingdom of God is here. But it is not fully here. There are elements of the kingdom of God that are here. There are elements of it. The kingdom of God is here. But we haven't seen it fully in its full expression. Listen what Paul, how Paul puts it. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 13 and verse number 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly. But then face to face. Now I know in part. But then I will know fully as I have been fully known. There is an element of the kingdom of God that now we see dimly. But then, face to face, 
we will see him as he is. There is an element of the kingdom of God that we see dimly now. Right now in the very present, the kingdom of God is available. And Jesus teaches his disciples. He tells his disciples how we can operate in this new dimension. There is a new space. There is a provision that God has given to you and I as believers in this season. There is a place that God has given to us. You see the Sermon on the Mount. If you look at, uh, uh, at the whole of, uh, of, of, of Matthew and you're, 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 you're reading from Matthew chapter number 5, you look at the Sermon on the Mount chapter 6. Uh, it is a treatise. It is Jesus telling us how men ought to operate in the kingdom of God. He's telling us how we ought to operate in the kingdom. You see, the world is at sea and lost. And we as believers can and we must know that we have a provision unlike the world. In this season especially, in this season when things are looking really bad, we must know that there is a provision that God has given to us as believers. There is a provision that he has put aside for men who understand that the kingdom of God is a present reality. I want to suggest to you that there is a dimension that's available to saints. There is a thing and a provision that God has set that men, mere men like you and I, can operate here in this realm called the earth. But we, realm, we operate in the kingdom of God. You see, Jesus understood very clearly. He understood absolutely clearly what was happening. He understood very clearly these things uh, regarding uh, things of the storm. And uh, Jesus commands the storm in Matthew, uh, sorry, Mark chapter 4 and verse number 39. You see, there are people who are in a boat. And as they're in a boat, the disciples, there is a storm that is brewing up. And as that storm is brewing, Jesus then commands and says, quiet, be still. All of them are terrified. And they ask each other, who is this? Who is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. It seems like Jesus is able to translate into another dimension, so to speak. He's able to operate in another thing that is not like where mere mortals operate. And I want to suggest to you that this is the dimension that Jesus is talking about called the kingdom of God. It is that dimension where the sovereign rule of God, that time where the sovereign rule of God operates and is basically in charge over men and over animals, over nature. It is that time and God, Jesus is saying, listen, this is available to you and to me as men. The reign and the rule of Jesus Christ, the rule of God, it is available to you and to me. It is available in this present time. So that Jesus was able to stand and speak to the wind and the waves and say, quiet, be still. And they obeyed him. They obeyed him. Brothers and sisters, I want to say to you this morning, that there is a realm that is called the kingdom of God. There is a, a, a time called the kingdom of God. In fact, in other places it is called the kairos. If you've heard about the kairos, 
The time when God comes and cuts through time and rules and with his sovereign power rules and nothing can stop what he does. And it is available to you and to me. Jesus, at one point, uh, has been walking with his disciples for three days. He's been teaching them, teaching them, teaching them. All of a sudden, it has come to evening. And it is dawning upon them because they have been hearing the word. They have been feeding on the word. They have been so rejoicing at the words of Christ that they had even forgotten about eating. It is now evening. And they come and the disciples are saying, hey, hey people are hungry. Shall we send them away? And Jesus says, no, feed them. Feed them. And all of them are confused, saying, hey, how much money will it cost to feed these people? These people are, are trem they are many. How much? I mean, even, uh, I mean, the, the kind of money we, we need, we don't have. And number two, where will we buy all of these things? There is no place. And Jesus asked them, so what do you have? What do you have? And they said, oh, there's a boy here who has two fish and five loaves. And he brought, he says, bring it. And then we begin to realize that there is another, there is a place, there is another time when God cuts through man's chronos. There is a place, cuts through chronos, and he begins to do things. And we see that Jesus then takes bread and he breaks it. He takes, he takes uh, the fish and he breaks it. And all of a sudden, everyone is being fed. Everyone is being fed. They collected 12 baskets full afterwards. Why? Because there is another dimension where God is in charge. There is another dimension. There is a thing where the sovereign power of God can come and be seen, evident, in the lives of men and women. Brethren, in this place that we are in, in this season that we are in, this that is called COVID, when it seems as though things are going worse and worse, when it looks as though discouragement is more and more, listen to what happens. The Lord has provided a way. God has provided a way of escape for his children. And this way of escape is called the kingdom of God. It is that place it is that time when the sovereign power of God rules and reigns. You may look and say, I don't have money. You don't need money in the kingdom of God. You don't need money to operate in the kingdom of God. You just need to operate under the king because the king provides. That is why Jesus was saying it is important and imperative that we understand this kingdom. There is a kingdom that is governed by the king and he provides for his people. In the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at this that is the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter number 13 and verse number 11, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to some. Actually, it has been given to you and not to others. There are secrets that are there present in the kingdom of God. For you and for me to be able to operate in this kingdom, there are some secrets that we are going to be unveiling in the next few weeks. And these secrets are available. The Bible says these secrets, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you. They have been given to you. 
in the next few weeks. Next week, we're going to be talking about opposing kingdoms. The, the week after, we're going to be talking about entry into and rising in the kingdom of God. Then the week after, we're going to be talking about the outworkings of the kingdom. And the, in the fifth week, we're going to talk about the keys of the kingdom. I want to tell you that God has made a provision for us. He has been speaking about this since he came as a man. Since the incarnation. The thing that drove him was that he may tell people there is a good news. And it is called the kingdom of God. And in this kingdom, there is an escape from the vagaries of the world. From the evils of the world. There is an escape that God is making for you and for me. And I trust that you will hear it. Listen, the Lord would want to do something in our midst. Even today as I come to the end of this service, of this sermon, I want to suggest to you that God is interested in your affairs. And he wants to translate you. He wants to say, come in. From the days of John the Baptist, up until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent take it we must take some things by force in this season. We must take some things by force. Even though the enemy may try to say this about you. Even though your circumstances may try to say this about you. There is a place in the kingdom of God. And if the sun shall set you free, you shall be free. set you free hallelujah hallelujah trust in the lord with all your heart and he shall do